Okay. You guys. How are you guys doing? I'm good. I'm gonna need a map. I guess I brought up the map. Yeah, this is um, this map. This, um, this this uh particular um episode's probably gonna be impossible for me without a map up. <laughs> All right. You guys back? You got your camera up? You all ready? Gucci. All right. Prepare for takeoff. Welcome to the A for No, B for Yes podcast, the podcast where we go chapter by chapter through the games. Uh, this season we're covering The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, and this episode we are covering the dragons, the springs, and the zonai as best we can. I'm Ryan Fonzie, and I brought with me a special handy-dandy book of sorts, and uh, along with me are my two co-hosts, as always. I'm Anthony, and I brought in Uncrustable. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Uncrustable. How can I follow that? And I'm Cameron Hagee, ever so slightly under the weather. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> all right. We're breaking all the rules today. <laughs> breaking all of them. <laughs> you guys started it. Is having a book against the rules? I didn't know that. <laughs> Telling <laughs> that eating snacks, <laughs> right? Hey, you know, I could have been a picnic basket way too close to Yogi Bear, but Anthony brought up Uncrossable, basically a picnic in itself. <laughs> Probably not going to eat it till we're done, but I brought it. You already did. <laughs> I did take a bite out of it. I, yeah, Give we, all, watched, we that all saw it. It's going to be in the video. Everyone's going to know. <laughs> I need that podcast. Right he absolutely is eating an Uncrustable right now. <laughs> it's all good. But yeah, guys, I know when we when we started this season, uh, one, we had some conversation, some planning. Uh, this was one of the episodes that I thought would be fun to do uh, and would be interesting and would be great. And everybody who covers Breath of the Wild has got to mention this now, especially with the new game being mm -hmm. announced and with all of the little zonai hints that they've had in all of the trailers it's just it's too juicy not to at least talk about um i also know that I, at least one of you didn't know about zonai until we started this season <laughs> it was like what's that and uh you know after doing a bunch of research i can still confidently say what's that <laughs> because <laughs> Because there's not a whole lot about them. But um, I think in order to get there, to get to that point, I think we should cover, um, kind of just just give a little bit of background, a little bit of layout of what we're talking about here. Because it's a lot to cover, and if we don't give some kind of basis, then 
people are going to be like, what are you even saying? So without further ado, in, in the book, in the Creating a Champion book, right, there's a whole section about the Lomai Labyrinths, Zonai Towers that are featured all around Hyrule. There's actually, there's a, there's a bit that's actually just about mentions the Zonai itself, but I wanted to kind of go through the architecture first because it explains why this concept was even introduced in the first place. Um, so there's a little developer note here. Uh, it's accredited to senior lead artist uh, and landscape artist, uh, Makoto Yonezu. And it reads, as we were in the process of creating the cities and people of every region of Hyrule, we thought that if we showed fragments of a civilization that collapsed long ago, it would make the world feel more real. That's why we added Zonai relics throughout Hyrule. The ruins are primarily animal-themed, but with the history of the Triforce from ancient perspective in mind. The designs are symbolic, using dragons for courage, owls for wisdom, and boars for power. And yes, their name is a pun. Zonai is a take on Nazo, the word meaning mystery in Japanese. So, specifically, like, it's a flavor race. <laughs> like, it's a, it's a flavor tribe. Like, they're... The the idea is that to make the world seem more realistic, more lived in, have a richer history, all mm. of these relics and this people were created. Um, I don't know. I mean, my guess is that when they were creating them, they said, hey, if there's a sequel, like we can do more with this. But I don't know that they had all of that planned out before, you know, don't they started they development did. on the second one. So it seems like they took this concept that started with like, let's make, let's make this a richer high rule. And it became, let's make a sequel based on these people because people really seem to like the architecture. But yeah, uh, on, on our travels, you can run into this stuff everywhere. Um, it's pretty much scattered all about. I mean, we, we've, I think at least talked about Faron a little bit and uh, we kind of skipped over some of the Zonai stuff, but that's the probably the densest place you'll see this stuff. Um, there, there are statues of boars and dragons and owls, and it's um, you know, it's really. Cool. I have a problem with that, like architecture of how they modeled the Triforce into nature. Like, I get that the boar symbolizes power because Ganondorf. I get it. But all throughout Zelda, when have we ever seen a dragon? It's been around the red. It's been around the fire. It's been around the power. It's been around volcanoes, Wind Waker, Volvagia. Like, the, the problem I have with how they did that is, like, I think of it like a boar kind of charges into its problems head first, right? Mm-hmm. It has the courage to charge into a situation yeah not knowing how it's going to end up whereas dragons even though they did live in the Faron region which is green which is courage you know whatever i i just don't agree with how they did that i feel like a savage warlike tribe that has taken to dragons more than any other animal does represent power so i don't know come on nintendo what are you doing yeah it it does seem mixed up i mean i i think part of the problem is that dragons have um i mean they've been in other games as everything yeah <laughs> they, they like there have been some games where you have one dragon per per group and there's been games where like you you have the dragon or the dragon like creatures that are all about the power zone 
Um, so it is really weird for it to swap swap it. But I mean, if they're gonna have boars, I mean, my the in the immediate thing. If you say boars and Zelda in the same sentence, the first thing I'm gonna think of is Ganon. <laughs> you know, like it's just. So I think that's why mm-hmm. that kind of took the power spot. Yeah. Plus, I mean, if I'm gonna play as Link, the the courageous character, I'd rather be represented as a as a dragon than as a <laughs> boar. So, I mean, true that. Just my feeling on it, but yeah, yeah. And then we could look at the owl as a reference to our friend from Ocarina of Time and his wisdom and guidance throughout our adventure. Yeah. Did you get all that? <laughs> exactly. Uh, one thing, I mean, it was kind of interesting. There was actually, uh, and I, I watched a couple of videos. I don't actually know which video I'm referencing at this point, but a couple of videos. I want to just make sure that I, I mention like the, some of the YouTube creators that I did research with by like watching their documentaries today and their theories. Um, one of which is Zeltic is uh, one of my favorites. Zeltic has a really good one. Yeah. I mean, he's the one I watched, he was doing a collaboration with Monster Maze and it was a uh, like, we're the Zonai evil video. And it was talking about like the Zonai's link, like specifically with boars to the possibility of them being linked with Ganondorf. Like he had a whole theory about the sequel, which I don't want to get into. Like, that's not really what our episode's about. But in order to build the context for that, he went over a lot of the the Zonai lore as well. Um, and the other person that I watched a few a few works of, um, it, the channel's called Nintendo Black Crisis, hmm. and um, he had a, a couple of series. One one like one of the videos is called Zelda's Greatest Mystery, and the other one is the Who Are the Zonai. If you go to YouTube and just type in Zonai, these are like the first three videos that come up, and um, they're actually really really well put together. Um, I believe it was in Nintendo Black Crisis where he goes into some external history um, just of different religions and uh, cultures that have been brought into Zelda games. And he mentions that this pairing, this boar, owl, and dragon is very similar to a Buddhist teaching. Um, it's like a, it's like this symbology that instead of uh, the dragon and the owl, it's like a snake and a rooster or something like that. But it's like it's the same kind of deal. It's like very similar animals, like three of them, and they're um, they're like sealing something. I, I don't remember the whole history, but I remember like th- this is trio is not completely new in that way. Like it just seems way too much of a reference. I mean, it's right alongside what you'd ex- expect from some of the things we run into in other games, but. Um, if you want to know more about that, I would recommend going to see his video. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm into it. That's how I'm going to handle that um, because that's that's a little too deep even for me. <laughs> it's just I'm kind of tired of trying to explain religions I'm not a part of. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Like it's this is it's it's very well put together. It's very well laid out. Now, I I mean, especially with their their the Zonai's love of dragons, I mean, kind of leads right into this next bit. Um, Mm. uh, The first time you see a dragon in this game, because there are three of them, um, you kind of spend a little bit of time picking your brain back up off the floor. Cause it's just (laughs) like, it's, it's incredible. It's a wow Um, moment. Yeah. I mean, I remember, I think the first time I saw one, like, I I had finished the Great Plateau. I had jumped down and I was trying to figure out which way to go next. And as I was like heading towards, 
I think I ended up originally heading straight towards the Faron region. And as I was like, got to the bridge, I saw the dragon like come out over the bridge and like head into Faron. And I just like had to, Lake like, Hylia. Yeah, I just had to like stop and just like just watch it <laughs> for a few minutes and be like, what am yeah. I even seeing? <laughs> like, this is incredible. Um, this playthrough, yeah. I actually jumped off the Great Plateau. And before I even went to Hiteno, I think I mentioned this in that episode, the first episode or second episode. I actually str- went straight through Faran, spent like hours in there just having fun. Yeah. Because it's so amazing. It is a fun zone. I mean, there's a, a cast shrine in there where he talks about like finding the mouth of the dragon or something like that. And um, mm-hmm. that's that's a, a shrine that we'll actually talk about a little bit later. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I remember. Um, oh, go ahead. I remember one of the first times I saw a dragon, I was heading to that chasm at the very top of the map to the left of um, Death Mountain. And I was like, it kind of gave me vibes of this nightmare I had when I was a kid where I'm standing by the canal and a giant monster comes up out of the canal Mm. where I was getting closer to the edge of it. I couldn't see anything. And then I noticed that air was starting to go up and I kind of peeked over and there was a massive dragon just like floating on by, wiggling through the air. I'm just like, Ugh. like it actually kind of jump scared me. My heart skipped a beat. I was like, what the heck is this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that happened to me because I didn't know that Too he close, actually man. flies down that whole chasm. So yeah. this playthrough, I was heading towards the Rito village. And I was walking, like, you have to kind of cross over that chasm. If you go from, like, central Hyrule, you end up crossing that chasm. And so I was, like, climbing the other side, and you know how it has, like, the little, like, mining zone. Like, you can kind of see a dig site kind of scaffolding built into the side of the the rocks and stuff like that. I'm, like, climbing through that stuff, like, making my way over this chasm, and all of a sudden I start hearing the dragon music, and I'm like, there's a dragon over here? (laughs) Like, which dragon comes over here? And then I saw the wind, I looked over, and it was, like, flying through the canyon, and I was like, whoa. Like, I ended up going down and attacking it because I wanted a scale, but um, it, it's like, it, they pop up. They Like, you don't always expect them to be in, in places. Like, a lot of them have routes that they make. Um, They have, like, zones that they fly back and forth across, and I, mm-hmm. I think at least two of them have two different spots that they can spawn and like start their flight from. Um, so sometimes I just like, I'm in a zone that I did not think dragons would be in and being as mm-hmm. massive as they are, they fly so gentle and calm that they just like, they sneak up on you. Yeah. They, they don't make a sound. Yeah. Aside from their music, <laughs> but that's like, yeah, it's right in on the air going up everywhere. If, you, if you've heard the music, it's too late. <laughs> Pretty much. Because then you look up, you're like, oh, gosh. Ah. Ah. Yeah. So the first, I think the first, well, no, I can't even say. I think the first dragon that I interacted with ever when I first played was Farash. And I think I wanted to see if I could touch Farash. And it was a bad idea. (laughs) Like, <laughs> like I didn't necessarily want, I mean, like, I guess I was trying to ride the dragon, but like, not like a horse or something. Like I wanted to see if I could walk on it, like a uh, uh, shadow of the Colossus style. Um, yeah, this isn't you, the never ending adventure. Fun. You cannot, <laughs> you cannot do this thing. You will get shocked. You will bounce all the way back 
like along the back of it, like the ridge of his back, you'll just kind of tumble backwards until he's done flying through the area. And then you'll fall down and be shocked the whole time, unable to do anything. Yeah, you get hit by whatever element, so you can get frozen, burned, or shocked, and then just fall from wherever height they're at. <laughs> yeah, it's real bad. Um, and usually if you are in pursuit, I, I should probably explain like why you'd even want to do that. But um, the, these dragons are, you can actually interact with them. Uh, but the way that you interact with them uh, isn't friendly. It's causing them pain. <laughs> right? Uh, I like Shoot to them. think of it as like a, like a grooming. <laughs> like you're, mm. you're helping them get rid of some dead scales, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Uh, but the the thing is, you can get claws. I believe you can get the piece of the horn, or you can get their scales. Yep. Um, and and you have to obviously on... hit those respective areas with your weapon. You got to either shoot them in the horn, yeah. which is tough because if their head gets past you, good luck catching up to them very easily. And uh, the claws, obviously, there's there's tons of different ones that'll come down closer to the ground, so they're not too bad. And the scale is everywhere else. Yeah. And the difference between that, I mean, like the if you get a piece of the horn or a piece of the claw, uh, my understanding is is all of these things are kind of like monster parts. So you can use them to make really powerful elixirs, or you can, uh, depending on like if you have to upgrade some armor. I think some armor requires yep. pieces of the dragons. Yep. Um, to upgrade uh, specific. The champion's tunic needs a uh, Farash's horn at some point. I think. Yeah. Uh, so they don't seem to mind too much. They can you only can farm one piece of off of them at a time. Once you get one thing to fall, you can't you can't get any more until you've like left the area and come back. Oh, yeah. Speaking of falling, can we talk about how annoying that can be sometimes when you're like underneath it, you shoot the scale, and the scale's like, I'm gonna pop off way over here onto a mountain. It's like <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I don't Do I know. really want to go get that. <laughs> I don't know how that's programmed. I wonder if it's just meant to like avoid water or something. And so it just flies way away from water until it hits land or something like that. I don't know. Because um, one of the things about Firewatch is that he actually flies along the river, <laughs> like mm -hmm. right above it the whole time. Uh, well, I did have a scale end up in Lake Hylia the first time that I shot a scale off. So I don't. Were you I don't able know. to get it? Yeah, it was just floating. Oh, well, yeah, I guess if it floats, then it's not a big deal. Yeah. But I had to swim out in the middle of Kyle and trust my stamina and eat, like, all those energizing things to make sure that I made it. I didn't have the ice yeah. power yet. Or, no, I did, but I don't remember. It was a far distance, man. It was crazy. Yeah. So... So One yeah. of the dragons, though, you actually yeah. have quite a few or quite an interaction with. Only one of them, though. Yeah. So you guys so remember corruptified, right? Yeah. So we we're talking about like how there's some, some story bits in this. Um, two two of the dragons you'll just find randomly flying around, no matter what. Like from the start of the game, you can see one of them from the Great Plateau if you want. Um. It's uh like I said, I got snuck up on by the one over in between Hebra and Tabantha or whatever, like that big chasm. Um, but one of them is up on Mount Laneru. Believe mm -hmm. that's the right mountain. Yeah. Um yeah. and this is uh Nadra. Uh I think uh, earlier when we were in uh 
what's the town? Hateno. Hateno. There's a yeah. There's I, I, either. I mentioned there's a yeah. There's a there's a shrine quest to go up to the three peaks, like the three uh, pines. That's the secret of the cedars shrine quest. And on my way, I actually saw Nadra. I think that might have been how I spotted Nadra the first time as well. Uh, but there are a couple different paths to get here. I think there's actually like a more official path. Um, there's like a little, I don't know, snowfield, a Nadra snowfield <laughs> right below <laughs> this shrine. Uh, and I think that there's a, actually a memory down there for the memory quest later on. But I normally stumble upon this because somebody in Hetano says, hey, go climb that mountain. And when you do, you can just clearly see this dragon just chilling on top of this mountain. But when you get closer, uh, it's not really chilling, it's ill. It's been infected with malice, which is like, you know, the purple stuff with the eyes. Purple corrupty stuff. Yeah, so this dragon that would naturally be this very shimmering, beautiful blue color has been like purpleified <laughs> and has all these eyes growing on it. Um, so you get up to it, and I think there's even... Like, I don't remember how the messaging works. I I believe that it's even said, like, you who've been collecting spirit orbs. Like, I think it's it, Goddess it, Hylia. Like, the statue of the, Goddess Hylia. The statue is the one that gives you the message. Yeah. Yeah, the one Either, I, I'm, I'm assuming it's the statue. There's no one else there. <laughs> um, pretty sure Goddess Hylia either herself is doing it, or it's, like, a just recorded memory of goddess hylia saying hey this dragon is really powerful and you must free it from the malice and i think she says something about a scale like you can uh, pierce I it i don't I, remember yeah, i think the scale comes after i think the scale like mm. after you do this quest then then it explains what to do with the scale and how to get the scale mm. um so if you didn't know that you could fire upon the other dragons this is how you would learn that like this is actually like a i think big... this is probably intended to be the first dragon that you actually see and face and yeah i think that's what it's intended for right it's this is how like this is how you would learn the system <laughs> for the, <laughs> the spring shrines uh so uh so first of all we have to to start shooting the eyeballs that are apparent on this dragon um, once you've hit, I don't know, two, maybe three, uh, the dragon will actually take off. Like the first, the first couple are a gimme. So you, you can choose if you want, like which ones you want to hit and get out of the way. Um, because what you're gonna have to do next is pursue this dragon around the Nadra snowfield. It takes off the mountain first. It, I think it flies in a circle around the peak, so you can mm -hmm. like fly up and you actually get updrafts now to do that. You fly up and you can get a few shots and take out a few more eyes and then it'll go on this um this new patrol path whatever you want to call it circuit it'll fly down into nature snowfield and make giant loops around nature snowfield um it's actually one of the coolest like action sequences in the game um i like i remember the first time doing this i was like it, it was like one of those breath of the wild moments that just blew my mind i was like this is incredible like I'm, I'm chasing a dragon through the wind right now. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty know. fun. Yeah, and it's and it's like a, um, it's almost like a boss challenge that takes place over a, a really expansive area as well. It reminds me. I mean, it's a lot like uh, the Levias 
boss fight, you know, mm-hmm. from Skyward Sword, but actually close to the ground to interact ride with these the dragons as well. Yeah, yeah, and you can't ride this dragon. <laughs> so, so you can just get smacked by it if you weren't careful. I got smacked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, once once we get these eyes all shot off of the dragon, uh, it'll go back up to the peak. <laughs> We have to kind of follow it back up. I don't think we have to reclimb. I think it just does a cutscene thing where we end up back up with it. Um, and then we get that message that says, "Okay, like now that you've freed Nadra, uh, it it basically instructs you to shoot it to like shoot a scale off of it." Um, and I think it might even give a hint that you're supposed to offer it at the spring. So yeah. you shoot off the scale, you pick it up, you throw it back in the water. And uh, it, you see, like, a little beam of light, and then a shrine appears. And it's, I think this one is a blessing shrine, which, I mean, it ought to be <laughs> with everything right. that we just went through. Uh, and so we have freed Nadra. And now Nadra will patrol both Mount Lanayru and will appear, uh, I believe, in the Hebrew region. If not the Hebrew region, then the Grudo Highlands, one of those two. We're somewhere cold. Nadra seems to like cold mountain ranges that's like it's a go-to spots i remember the first time i saw it outside of mount lineru that was like one of the times i got really surprised i was like wait a minute aren't you supposed to be in the other mountain range across (laughs) the map why are you over here um it's one of those magic moments but yeah uh so that's that's like the big the big one but uh there are two more springs uh, across Hyrule, because that's the spring of wisdom, but there's also a spring of courage and a spring of power. Power! Yeah. So the spring of courage is in Faron. The best one. Yeah. It's pretty cool. <laughs> well, yeah, actually, I mean, this is... Or, what are you going to say? Sorry, before we get there, how about, how about we actually save that one, since it is the best one? But... Okay. The one thing I need to say about Mount Lineru, um is that this shrine is is very much like the Earth Spring from Twilight or from Skyward Sword. Uh, and Earth shrine. yeah, sorry, the Earth the Earth Spring. You know how there were two springs in Skyward Sword where Zelda had to like go and ceremonially clean, like she had to go yep. bathe in the two springs. Yeah, was it? Was that the one in the volcano area, Elden? Yeah, yeah. So that's the one that was at okay. Elden Volcano, which would hint that this mountain is somehow related to the volcano. It, I mean, that's not obvious. There's not really a lot of ruins or relics around here, but um, but that spring was very basic, and this this spring has got a lot of the similar like it's like a pool of water with some. It, I mean, right now it's got ice chunks around it, but I think the Earth Spring actually had like little waterfalls all around it kind of did one of those. Um, the one that's more uncanny is the next one, which would be the spring of power. Uh, and the spring of power is located up in the Akala highlands. But when you finally get into the spring of power, cause there's like, there's the order quarry that's just full of guardians. And if you go through that way, there's actually a tunnel that leads right to the Spring of Power. Um, I normally come 
down from like the stable because there's like a east of Kala stable. If you just come down the hill from there, you can just jump right into the spring of power without having to go through the quarry at all. Yeah, there's actually a chick there who, uh, what's her name? What's her name? Obo, I think, or Nobo, Lobo. I think it was Obo. She actually tells you about the spring. So in case like you have no clue where to go, she actually references it and is like, if you if you go this way and there's a cool looking place up there. So she actually tells you about it. Yeah. But th- but um this one, the spring of power, is based off of the the Skyview Spring. It's like and it's actually <laughs> yeah, it's like the Skyview Spring. It's like one for one mapping of the Skyview Spring. Yeah, if you look at the Skyview Spring, like even just images of it on Google. Oh, that was the one with the little circles. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and then you look at the Spring of Power just on the interactive map. You can already see the resemblance. But if you go there in the game, it's like it's literally the exact same architecture layout. The waterfalls are the same. Like it's, I mean, it looks aged for sure. It's like it's not perfect, but it's um, it's based entirely off of that. And it does seem a little backwards because in that game you would think that it would be the Pharaoh, the Pharaoh Spring, like the Spring of Courage. But uh, Spring of Courage and Pharaoh is uh, is nothing. <laughs> it's it's got a giant dragon head over it, but it doesn't have any other architectural links to anything else. Like you, once you get to the actual shrine and the spring itself, it's just a little pool with a statue behind the behind the dragon head. So that one's not actually anything from Skyward Sword. But like thematically, you would think that the Spring of Courage would be the Skyview and that the Spring of Wisdom would be the, well, you would think the Spring of Power actually would be the Earth Temple, like the Earth Spring. It would only make sense. That's just not how it's done. They just like kind of round robin them. I mean, they do they do the same thing pretty much with a lot like, you know, take, for example, the Lost Woods being south. What was it like? What would you say? Like southeast in most games is now north of the castle. So they yeah. kind of just throw everything around. They're like this. Looking. Yeah, everything is musical shrines. But uh, it, it is a really cool detail to to note just that that spring of power is is so similar like that's the one that's the most obvious um when i went and like checked up on the other ones i saw a mountain in the neighborhood and i was like that's kind of like the spring like you know like it's not because it's all ice blocks and it's different it's like it's clearly not on a volcano anymore if it ever was but like it does have these giant like bricks of ice that look almost as if something like something else should have been there. Like there shouldn't just be a giant ice crystal unless there was like there was something there to freeze. Yeah, right. And that's kind of how you. I that's that's how that connection worked in my brain. I don't remember exactly <laughs> what detail made it stand out as the the um the Earth Spring, but the Earth Spring wasn't that detailed. The Skyview Spring was very well put together and it very well replicated in this game. So it's pretty cool stuff. 
Um, which I guess I mean, well, I should I should just mention that that Spring of Power um, works on the same system, except you need a scale from Dinral. Mm-hmm. So Dinral will show up around Death Mountain, uh, kind of along the back of it, and will make a path all the way into that chasm that Cam was talking about. I actually went over to. Um, I was heading towards the uh, Typhlo ruins, which we'll also have to talk about this episode. Mm-hmm. And on my way there, I saw the dragon flying away from Death Mountain and into the chasm. So it's a pretty continuous path, and that's kind of wild that they do that in this game. But really cool. So if you're able to chase him down, get a scale, uh, dump it in the water at the Spring of Power, you can unlock a shrine that's actually a um, a major test of strength, which is fitting. <laughs> For this, for the uh, you know, spring of power. I really didn't expect it when I went down into it too. I was like, "Oh, what's this one going to be? Another freebie?" Oh no, major no. test of strength. <laughs> One of the hard boys. Prove you're powerful enough, because the other two are, are um the other two are blessing. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's the only one that like once you get inside, it's like you know you're not done yet. Yeah, it's like well, get we over can... here. We're fighting. We can kind of talk about like the the walk up to Faron Woods Spring of Courage kind of being a courageous test. And yeah. you know, Lineru, you have to free the dragon. Have I don't even think that has into wisdom honestly, but our men, you gotta prove yourself. Are you strong enough to fight the rock? <laughs> the rock. The rock. Yeah. No. Dwayne the Training Machine Johnson. <laughs> Dwayne the Guardian Johnson. <laughs> All right. So that's that's the Shrine of Power in a nutshell. Uh, the the Spring of Courage down in Faron lies in what is called the Zonai Ruins. Uh, mm. So if you make your way, let's say you just go past Lake Hylia, the Bridge of Hylia, uh, like right, right off the Great Plateau, right? Like you find your way over there. Uh, start heading down, and on the critical path into Faron Woods. Don't you know? Make make a left to head towards the Zonai Ruins when you get to the split, right in the middle of Faron Woods. Uh, and you will find Rivali. He's like up on a rock, singing about this whole area. Yes. Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> yes. Man, Rivali's dead, yo. You're not gonna, you're not gonna find Rivali. Good luck finding Rivali. Uh, <laughs> no, you'll find Cass. And when you find Cass, he's up on a rock singing a song about finding the mouth of the dragon. Uh, and you know, Cassie's always given us these crazy shrine quests. But in this case, um, there's a couple of ways you can approach this. I the first time I did it, I looked at my map. And I noticed that this river kind of swirled upwards. And then at the top, it kind of looks like a dragon mouth. It's just like a big toothy mouth at the top. Uh, So I started following the river upwards. And I went through a giant gauntlet, (laughs) basically. Uh, Just There's a ton of ruins, a ton of these dragon statues. There's a boar statue that's like half buried in the dirt, which we'll Mm -hmm. have to kind of circle back on because that's an interesting thing. but a lot of these dragon head statues lie in the lake. And as you get up to the front, you'll notice a ton of Lizalfos are in this area. 
a lot of them with uh, lightning arrows as well. Mm. Uh, very <laughs> on theme, giving that uh, Farosh is um is a lightning slash water dragon. <laughs> he spawns from the water. He enters and exits the map through the water, uh, and also just shoots lightning as he goes. <laughs> so. When you get to the front of this, you might there's a couple of moblins as well that you have to fight, but it's just a huge, huge battle through the through the jungle, basically. Um, if you're like me and this time through the game don't want to deal with all that, you can just kind of like hop over one of these mountains around the outside and just jump right into the shrine and not fight anything. <laughs> yeah, boy. Pretty dope, especially if you took the time to climb the mountain up, like dueling peaks. You can just fly right off of dueling peaks and just kind of jump oh right down. Oh my goodness! There. <laughs> no, no, I took the bad. courageous route and fought all the Lizalfos and died a couple times. I took the wisdom route. <laughs> <laughs> Through wisdom, there is courage. I wanted to earn my my shrine. It's funny because I ended up having to go back anyway just to kind of explore the area and look at the ruins. So, I mean, it takes a little bit of courage to cheat, right? I mean, like, you know. <laughs> you gotta, I would put that under. You I guess freeze yourself in the mirror the next day. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it was morally acceptable. Oh, my goodness. How do you sleep at night knowing you didn't do it the right way? <laughs> Nintendo asked that every night to all its player base. Did you even do gyms one through three? They look at the YouTube videos of people who map glitch on and ride a, a tree all the way from Hateno to Rito Village, and they're like, Why? Why? How do you sleep? Or the guy that used the, the magnesis to pick up something metal while he stood on something metal that was on top of that because you can't pick up stuff that you're actually on. But if you're picking something up that's under the thing that you're on, you can infinitely propel yourself through the sky. <laughs> They're probably like, oh, okay. I think they tried to patch that one, too. Hmm. I don't know if they did successfully or not. In my game, it doesn't work. I've tried it many times. Hmm. But it's got to use the Octo balloons then and a Korox leaf. <laughs> we'll Octo balloon our way to freedom. That's right, to Tahiti. They 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 despawn way too fast. I've tried yeah, doing do. the, the flying raft and they all just like disappear on me. I'm like, all right, forget mm -hmm. it. We'll never have a. I flying watched the raft. times. I watched the time lapse of a guy that did that. Uh, and got like all the way up in the air with it. He had to put like a new balloon down every six or seven seconds. In order yeah. to keep enough to keep going. Because <laughs> you can put down five, I and mean, you need four, but like at the same time, you need them to be placed right. It's it's a whole challenge. I don't recommend it. <laughs> Probably pretty rewarding if you get it, though. Yes! Flight! Uh, so yeah, I mean, find in, I mean, just a quick tip for, for finding the scale of Farosh, so you can do this shrine. Um, he will spawn out of Lake Floria, which is 
like Floria Falls, actually, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, he he gave me one of the jump scares there too at one point. <laughs> I was like, is that a dragon coming out from like that waterfall right there? Like, yep. Yeah, yes, it is. Fly all the way th- up the river until he gets to Lake Hylia, where he'll either fly into the water. Or if you start from that side, he can fly out of the water and go the other way mm-hmm. and end in Lake Floria. So he goes both ways up and down this this exact river. So if you need that scale, you're pretty close to the right spot to be. Um, a lot of times if you're exploring this area, the dragon will just fly right by casually. <laughs> um, you're an ant to the dragon. It's fine. It's all good. The thing is, like most most characters in the game can't see the dragons. Like they're they're like these creatures of myth and legend or whatever because it's one of those um, it's one of those you have to you know have a pure heart to see this things in the games. <laughs> well, that doesn't um, speak highly of the Hylians, right? I mean, I think I think there's like there's probably some written in bit where some kid can see them or something like that. That usually happens in Zelda games where. Like, there's some special requirement that Link somehow fits the bill so he can see something that other people can't. I mean, that's how the Koroks yeah. work too in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't even think about the dragons from NPCs' perspectives, like, why they're not all, like, flipping out because there's giant ethereal <laughs> dragons, elemental dragons just dropping fire, ice, and lightning down on them right. every day. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they just can't see him. <laughs> they have no clue. So so that's that's the explanation there. Uh, but yeah, so, so we can, this is, you know, part of us being the hero and we can get that scale and we can take it over. And that one again is a, um, is a blessing shrine. Uh, one of the cool things about these three shrines is that, uh, they have elemental weapons in them as well, matching the the worst ones, the spears. Well, sure. But if you're in a pinch and there's been a a blood moon since you've been there, you can always go back and I'm pretty sure you can just open the chest again. (laughs) Oh really? I, I think so. Or I, I didn't mean, know blood moons respawn shrine chest. I think they respawn like most of the chests in the game. I think maybe not shrine quest, but why would you ever go back in a shrine? You know, like you once mm-hmm. you yeah. it, you'd never go back and check. I think I tested it once, but I'm not going to go on record saying that's absolutely the case because I actually don't know. But. They'd have to have something to differentiate them then because there's no way the game would just keep giving you like new barbarian armor every time you went into the maze. Right. I think it's like the extra ones. like Just like the the generic ones you can find other places respawn and the other ones are obviously one time only. Yeah. Hmm. So. I guess uh, you don't have amiibo cards. You might have to do that. Yeah, I suppose so. (laughs) Some of us plebs only have one amiibo. <laughs> <laughs> well, I usually, I mean, because it's a blessing shrine, I, I'll usually have a full inventory. I can't even take the weapon anyway. So I just I didn't take it either. Like, hey, I know where it is if I need it. <laughs> Pretty much. Just go back and grab it when I need it. Uh, when I, when I, I get to buy in the house, I'll probably just like decorate my, my place with frozen spears and fire spears in the lake. Nice. Uh, but you make a good point with the barbarian armor because that's the next thing I'd like to try to cover. Uh, so we've talked about the Lomai Labyrinth Island uh, maze before, so we don't need yep. to recover that. But that is a guardian-infested maze 
uh, where you find the shrine, you do the shrine, and you can also get like a nice little guardian circlet. Um, let me uh, let me add one thing about that too. Okay, don't forget the uh, the big square where the shrine is. The wall that's coming out the southwestern part of it. If you stand there and jump down into that little part, that's how you can like beat the shrine instantaneously. That's the area to jump down if you want to just beat it right away. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. I didn't know about that one. Yeah. Also, don't forget that teleportation medallion. Yeah. What's what's hilarious about the shrine is that once you have Rivali's Gale, you can just like fly up to the top of the maze <laughs> without having to climb like at all, really. Uh and it makes these these mazes pretty great. And it's one of the one of the cool things about having Rivali's Gale. Because otherwise, those you have to have like multiple stamina wheels to get to the top if you're just going to try to climb it out, right? Yeah. Uh, but if you have Rivali's Gale, it's like not even an issue. So yeah, so we've covered that one in the past. Uh, I guess the one thing we didn't say about it is that these things are just covered in Zonai architecture. They have all the swirlies that you'd expect. They have all the dragon faces that you'd be looking for. Uh, and... For some reason, they also have a Sheikah Shrine in the middle of them. Um, one of the, the going theories is that the Sheikah found these ruins and then mm-hmm. decided to use them as a shrine location because, you know, nobody else was using them to uh, to test the hero, just like a lot of these other places are set up to test the hero, whether it's the shrine itself or the events immediately preceding. Uh, the second one that we may have come across because it's like actually around something we've done is the North Lomai Labyrinth. Um, I, I really don't have a lot of lore to share about these labyrinths except for their zone. I, I mean, I, I couldn't tell you like what the trick is to beat them based on memory. Uh, what I can tell you is that they're they're all kind of interestingly shaped. Uh, I mean, the, the island that we talked about, it's just a big box. <laughs> uh, I don't even know. There's like six main pillars in the middle, and then there's a big like box all around it. This one is more of a diamond shape. Yeah. This one, some... the first time I went through, it was a pain in the butt, and I was running around in circles for quite a while. Yeah. Yeah. Also, interesting one about this one. If you, when you beat the shrine, if you go up a, a hole in the ceiling, you can get one of each of the high quality diamonds. You can get a ruby, sapphire, and topaz. And then right on the roof, like the very tippity top of the shrine part of the, um, the maze, there's a diamond. Yeah. There's a treasure chest, right? With a diamond in it. Yep. Yeah. I got that one. I don't know if I got the, the lesser ones underneath it. But I got the one They're like in the shrine room. You'd go up through a hole in the ceiling. Nice, a hole in the wall. <laughs> so that and one... I also I think the fast beating route of this one is the like southeastern tip of the the shrine area in the middle, but like the part it's pointing to. If you were to draw a line straight from the tip of the southeastern part of the block in the middle where the shrine is, it's like that chunk of walls there. I think is where you drop down to get a quick finish on this one. Yeah, there's like uh there's a bunch of malice in this one. You got to I think you have to clear out the malice to open the path, but then it's just like I remember circling around. I mean, I might have gotten in through that direction, but it's it's something along those lines. It's It's very Yeah, normally you have to run and do like a whole circle around this place to get to an eyeball to break some corruption. 
Yeah. Yeah. Then if you this get is to also... the top, you can do a lot of recon and kind of look mm-hmm. down and see what's in each area, see where the weak spots are. But usually the hole itself is kind of obscured when you do that. Like they put the walls up pretty high and most of the entrances you're looking for are pretty low considering. Yep. Um, this one I think is like an underground tunnel basically that gets you to the center. So it's a it's kind of tricky in that way. I don't think it's an underground tunnel, but it, it is a tunnel straight through all the walls. So you can't really see it at all from when you're at the top. Yeah. I think the way to know you when you've beat this one is if you find a ladder and there's two torches on either side of the ladder, like that's mm-hmm. the ladder to the end. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds familiar. There's also a uh edge of duality that's in this dungeon as well. Yeah. Which will up anybody's arsenal. This that's thing I think eastern corner. Base damage like is it 52? It's 52 or 58, and then if you manage to find one with a random, like, attack up, you're set. Yeah, then it's strong. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, these these labyrinths are definitely full of treasure chests. Like, all of them are worth exploring, even if you're not going to, um, I don't know, like, <clears throat> I don't know where weapons. I was going with that sentence, but yeah, they're full of weapons. Like, even if you, you know you're going to hit dead ends, you might still want to explore the whole thing. Like, if you've already finished yeah. the shrine. Um, There's going to be a lot of monster parts you can get in them, and the chests are going to hold stuff like weapons, shields, mats, like the really nice rubies and sapphires. Yeah. And also just rubies. You might be yeah. a couple in there with, like, one to 300 rupees apiece. Lots of yeah. money. So then there's uh, one more, and it's the South Lomai Labyrinth. Uh, and this one is kind of carved into a mountain kind of like it, it it's there's a huge mountain range that separates the gerudo desert from the rest of hyrule here uh it's it, it's like right between the Faron grasslands and the gerudo desert it's just a big old mountain and mm-hmm. the old rectangle and cut into this mountain there's like a like a almost like an artificial canyon of sorts and it's got this labyrinth inside of it um when you you know once you step foot in you get the same message of like if you can find the shrine like you you know you'll have be awarded the blessing um all of these shrines aside from you know aside from just the regular blessing shrine where you get your your um spirit orb uh they also all give a piece of the barbarian set of armor um this this is another big piece of of Zonai lore, uh, because it's it's supposed to be armor that is like of a a warlike tribe of the past, which is kind of your hint that it would be Zonai. Um, it also says from the Faron region, so yeah. it's like even more. Yeah, so it's like right right there with it. Um, and then it, one of the curious things that it states is that like the the paint, because like it, this is one of the only like pieces of armor that includes body paint. <laughs> Uh, and it's like that war paint, I guess, that is where the power actually comes from, because this armor set gives you increased attack power. Um, and apparently that's the reasoning behind that. <laughs> so You know what else it gives Link? <laughs> no. A tattoo on his lower back. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at that. Oh, no. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, so yeah, I mean, like these are like the major spot. There's two more shrines that are worth mentioning. Um, I'm not gonna get into all of the implications of them. Uh, I guess I just I have, know like, that I hate it. One statement <laughs> for for both. Uh, one is at the Thunder Plateau, and this is um. Can I mention one thing before you get into that, font? Sure. So I'm pretty sure the quick-to-beat location in the South Lombay Maze is... If you think about the maze when you're, like, looking at the map with north-oriented, like, up at the top where it should be, you can kind of see, like, four dominoes inside of it, and, like, one in each corner. It's in the northeastern domino in the southeastern corner of it. Hmm. Okay. Nice. Trying to visualize that. Yeah. If you have the interactive map up, it makes it real easy. Uh, speaking of that, before we move on, if you actually look at where the location is for all of the triangles, or I got ahead of myself, <laughs> all of the ruins and the labyrinths, it actually forms somewhat of a triforce around central Hyrule. You're talking about the the labyrinths? Okay. Yeah, so if you see over on the northeastern side where the island was, and on the north, and the Cephalomane labyrinth actually forms a triangle over central Hyrule and parts of Castle and Death Mountain. It's not a perfect triangle. It is not. But was it's... It isosceles? Yeah, I think it's an isosceles, but it's not equilateral. I wish it was, but it's still pretty interesting. It's kind of almost a cool triangle kind of thing. I think they tried to go with it and then realized with the map they had, it didn't work. I don't know. I never thought of that, but it does. It's good. And uh, the Triforce, uh, the middle of it would be approximately where Hyrule Castle is, too. Mm -hmm. Like dead center middle of the the triangle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are three of them. Almost. I mean, there are three mazes. There are three springs. And then there are, I mean, the other two places that I know of, there's only two of them, but I don't know if there is a third or not. That's like a, an offshoot Zonai location. So far, we're in the threes, man. We're in the threes so far. If someone's going to point out the one that I'm forgetting, uh, Please do. Please let me know what I'm forgetting here. It's going to be the biggest Easter egg in Breath of the Wild history. It's like if we take <laughs> these three locations and draw a triangle, and we take these three locations and draw another triangle, and finally these three, we can see that they all meet at one point. And if we go to this point... <laughs> maybe, well, it's interesting, maybe. too, because we find the locations good. of the labyrinths with the locations of the triforce, like if you were to draw a triforce over it, it's the Triforce is actually excluding the Rito, the Zora, and the Gerudu. But it's within Hyrule Castle, the Lost Woods, and Death Mountain, which doesn't really encompass a full Triforce. But that was just a cool tidbit. I kind of wish it was all those regions and it like formed like a Triforce over the. If they're, you know, power, yeah, courage, and wisdom, like, but... triangular sections. Yeah, this isn't Skyward Sword, though. You know, you can't just have <laughs> <map> to try first. <laughs> Faron's not underwater, so we good. 
One one thing mm-hmm. that is kind of interesting <laughs> is that all of these locations kind of make a big circle around Hyrule. Like none of them are in central Hyrule. Um, and none of I mean, most of them are on the outskirts. It kind of cuts in a little bit if you don't count, like because the one that's like between Gerudo Desert and the rest of Hyrule, and then this one that I'm about to say is like between Hebra and the rest of Hyrule. So like these two western areas are not are not really a part of it, but almost every other thing is circled by these locations. Mm-hmm. Um, so the one that I was about to t- talk about was the um, the Thundra Plateau, where you're supposed to bring four spirit things. They're not really spirit orbs, but they're like they have these very glowy symbols on them into these four shrines that are surrounded by once again dragon head statues. Uh, and to do that, you unlock a shrine, uh, the uh, Buried Secrets Shrine, where you, I guess you can find some rubber armor. I have not done this shrine yet, not this playthrough anyway. Um, yeah, but it's worth mentioning. I went and visited the area just to get a look at the symbols and stuff like that. Um, really cool, but really different from anything else we've seen. Um, and the other one is the Typhlo Ruins. Um, the Typhlo ruins is like a forest that is just entirely covered in darkness i guess the the word Typhlo is based on a greek word meaning uh blind like typho i guess is it means blind yeah i don't and again that's from one of those youtube videos that i mentioned earlier um so yeah, you come in here, and the th- cool thing about this is like this is where the most owl statues are. Uh, mm-hmm. it, so I mean, you could say it's a, it's a wisdom themed area. Um, I I think that this is like a strong callback. I mean, I, Cam, you mentioned how um, you know we've we've had the talking owls in previous games kind of lead us and guide us. Um, mm-hmm. Because when you come in here, the the general mechanic is that you light an owl torch, and the direction it's pointing is the direction you're supposed to go next. Uh, it's kind of funny because there's definitely a shortcut if you kind of ignore the second or third owl and just walk straight forward. Instead, you can get right to the middle of this thing without having to go around the whole area. Oh, nice. Um, one of the things, I mean, it's when you look at this place from the outside, it's just covered in this big dark bubble and when you get inside everything is dark but you can light stuff on fire to make light it's regular dark and light mechanics kind of like inside of Varudanya. um but it's very heavily more so than anywhere like there's just uh, very much an owl theme going on like there are dragons head statues here but the main thing is the owls and them guiding you um when i play this i think of termina field honestly uh because it's just it's not it's not quite like a i don't know i think it's the closest thing that you're going to find in this game to a majora's mask reference is this weirdly obscured area that's like adjacent to the lost woods but not part of the lost woods that you could possibly like find through the law i don't know it's it's a whole thing in my head um but parallels well, yeah, one of the things about Majora's Mask is everywhere you go, there's an owl statue that you strike to save your game. And you can, like, fast travel from owl statue to owl statue. Mm. So you go into this place where you slow travel from owl statue to owl statue. <laughs> uh, there's just a lot of little, like, weird 
details like that where it's not an obvious reference it's not mapped one-to-one over anything i checked <laughs> um but it it is a cool little side path where i just i just feel like there's enough there where you can kind of be like hmm like maybe this is supposed to be a callback that's my thoughts on it anyway mm. but again very very zonai architecture um interesting it looks like they were going to build a city or something here like there's just a lot of squared off areas where there's walls built but like no no roof or anything like it wasn't either it was a city and it got destroyed or it was going to be a city before something bad happened i don't know um, See that I that's kind of the nature of ruins was i also kind of felt like a little callback which is why at the beginning of this video I thought about, I mentioned Twilight Princess. So you went the Majora's Mask route theory of it. So I kind of went the Twilight Princess route of it. Whereas the Twilight kind of have similar, like almost architecture to the Zonai, like Midna's Helmet and some other things like the Shadow Beasts. And we know the interlopers from the beginning of the game were creatures of shadow and smoke and sneak and oblivion and so i felt like twilight princess vibes from this because it's just it's a place of shadows it's it's a different parallel world in the same world so i was kind of getting like twilight vibes from it sure yeah that, that tracks but i also hate it so it's like it's cool <laughs> but i hate it so you know <laughs> It's funny because most Master most, mode is junk with this. When most people bring up Twilight Princess, I mean, I guess Typhlo Ruins fits the bill too. But a lot of times, Twilight Princess gets called up when we talk about um our our friends over in Lurelin. Which, by the way, part of that part also of the, is. yeah, a part of the lore of Lurelin is um is really interesting too. In, in that there are actually Zonai connections there as well. <clears throat> So uh, in these videos that I watched, it even called it out that this is kind of a meme, the whole like Zonai swirl. I've been avoiding talking about the Zonai swirl because swirls are swirls are swirls. And I don't, <laughs> they're everywhere. They're not, I don't think they're a thing. Um, I mean, if you really wanted to get into it, uh, you know how when I, when I uh, talked about the Rist Peninsula and how it's based off of Spiral Jetty and then we all looked at Spiral Jetty? Mm-hmm. Turns out Spiral Jetty is a man-made thing. Like it's it's um I don't remember what they what exactly what they called it. It was like uh landscape engineering or something like that. Like it was it is basically it was built to look like that. So I mean, if that was the case, you could possibly argue that the Rist Peninsula is actually like a Zonai made thing and then get into spirals. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't want to say that, <laughs> but that would I mean, be you kind of could because that would like, be our third. Didn't weird they also Zonai base? Place. Didn't they base the Zonai kind of off of like Aztec architecture, and so like they also made spirals into nature. So you can kind of say, you know, argue that they did sort of do that. You could. We could. We could have a theory about that. <laughs> I'd leave it at that, I guess. <laughs> uh, 
but yeah, but the people in Lurelin, some of their buildings have the same, you know, spiral marking on their on their houses that are, you know, their boat houses, if you will. Um, it's actually it's really obvious when you look at it. Like it's it's almost like I almost wonder if the idea was that because they're from Faron, like they saw these spirals everywhere and then decided to just adopt it as their own logo. Or if they're supposed what to if descended the Zoni didn't didn't disappear and they're just Llewellyn people. Well, I mean, it would really it would really tie into the whole Zuda has a teardrop necklace and suddenly like we're going to be like I I huts are pretty tribal. If if we're going to make the argument that the Zonai are going to be a huge part of Tears of the Kingdom, I'm getting strong vibes that also the Llewellyn people are going to be a big part of Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, even if if there's not an actual connection like that, um, just the fact that they're they've been given such a weird like unique standing like i don't think they're going to go anywhere i think we're going to see more about them um one thing i do want to mention i i have this this page bookmarked in my uh uh creating a champion book here it's on the first page of the Faron region section of the book there's actually some concept art um about Lurelin village cuz that's how it starts out here and in one of them, uh, like there's a little there's a little artist note that says that they'd like uh, there to be some people who occasionally pick up ancient relics and use them <laughs> within the village. Um, I don't think that ever happened. <laughs> it would have been awesome if it did happen, but it didn't. Uh, Protagonist vibes over here. Casually mm. using ancient relics in part of their like fishing or day to day lives that would have been maybe a little too obvious, but you know. It's um they got that magic over there. It's really cool stuff. But uh hmm. but yeah, I mean I'm I feel like I'm forgetting something massive. Oh, maybe this the Zonai Towers. We haven't talked about the towers, have we? No. So one of the YouTubers, again, just to bring that up. Talked about these towers and how their architecture actually matches Hylian architecture more than Zonai. Uh, which I think is true when you look at them. They kind of look like pillars from a castle or something like that. Um, but if you look at their original artwork, let me just throw this up, like the concept art of what they were going to be before they got switched to more Hyrulean stuff. Like you see that like dragon. Oh, yeah. Up at the top, like for some reason they scrapped that, and I don't know why they scrapped that. Uh, but it would have been a little more, a little more uh, tied in, I guess. I mean, when I there's a, there's a little blurb here that talks about it. Um, it says like these towers can be found looming above the surrounding terrain throughout the world. They are many times taller than any given individual, and their purpose is an utter mystery. Um, here it shows like a little treasure chest at the top of one, but I mean with what we know about Tears of the Kingdom and how, like, the, you know, ground's going to be lifted up into the sky. There's going to be a lot of ground-to-air travel. It almost would, like, play perfectly into that to say, hey, there are towers built so that you can more easily either come from the ground up or, you know, they might be, like, takeoff towers or something. You know, like, there's mm-hmm. some kind of connection between the land and the sky. Um, it just It just fits really well. Um, having them kind of be watered down into Hylian structures is is a little bit rough, and I don't know if that's going to hold. I wonder if in Twilight Prince or sorry, in Tears of the Kingdom, bleh, 
if they're going to try to retcon that a little bit and bring it back to a more Zonai look or give them a more Zonai purpose, you know? Yeah. Um, only but I think I think the purpose would get revealed at that point. <laughs> I wonder <laughs> like if those what... towers might actually be how everything starts floating in Hyrule. Like in the same way that the towers and the shrines literally just popped up out of the ground where there was almost no indicator that they should even be there. What if mm-hmm. the these towers kind of move the ground around the tower instead of coming up out of the ground? Hmm. And then the things just end up balancing kind of on the top of them, sitting there through some mystical energy. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know either. I don't want to come up with theories about the next game anymore. <laughs> I think I've done enough. <laughs> I've done enough damage. Uh, well, I have one. You have one? All right, Anthony, you said you had a theory about <laughs> Tears of the Kingdom. That you want to drop now so that in four or five months from now, well, five or six months from now, we can figure out if you're right or not. My prediction, we are going to see if it comes true. And I can kind of do like a recap of what we did this episode along with it, just to paint the picture too. So basically, the Zonai are gone. You know, they pulled a Dwemer from Skyrim and just vanished completely and you know the barbarian armor the low my labyrinth the statues the boar the owl the dragon which i still have problems with the boar and the (laughs) dragon but i'm not going to get into that right now this race seems to have knowledge of the triforce and its pieces and while they may believe or not believe in the religion of hyrule um they know of courage and power in nature they know of the three they know of that at least in nature and one thing we never talked about which i know your book actually goes into detail uh what is it called cap something the creating a champion excerpts yeah creating a champion i read excerpts from it so they actually talk about the zonai being an extremely powerful magical race so not only were they savage like you know with the barbarian armor but they were extremely magical. Yeah, which don't, we don't really. I mean, I have the I have the page. I think you're talking about here. If you want me to read through it, yeah, uh, go ahead. But yeah, towards the end of the book, they have a section that's just titled "Ruins from Times Unknown." It gives a map of like a lot of the Zonai areas, um, and it gives a blurb specifically. It's titled "The Mysterious Zonai." And it says that the history of the Zonai people has been lost to time. There are rumors that uh, that they were a savage tribe based in Faron where the most substantial of their ruins are located. However, Zonai ruins or ruins with very similar characteristics can be found in all parts of Hyrule. Uh, in addition to the massive palace and pharaoh, the Zonai ruins throughout Hyrule seem to have elements connecting them to the ancient shrines. Uh, the Zonai themselves are spoken of in hushed whispers as strong magic wielders who vanished suddenly thousands of years ago. The disappearance of the Zonai is one of Hyrule's greatest mysteries. Um, there's also a blurb that says that they worshipped a water dragon, which would have, in theory, have been Farosh, because he mm-hmm. uses the water quite a bit. Um, and then, you know, talks about some of their structures and things like that. But, yeah. <laughs> Go buy this book. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty good. So, with that being said, like, they have magic. They have magical ability. They had magic abilities because they're no longer with us 
Um, I just realized half of my notes here go spoilers for the rest of the game, so I'm going to skip most of this. Okay. Because I've totally forgot that we can't actually give that info out yet. But anyway, so with Tears of the Kingdom, I'm calling it right now, I believe that Hyrule became fearful of the Zonai's magic, and there's this big debacle online with like many of the YouTubers and documentaries like Fonzie mentioned with Zeltic and other people saying, are they evil? Are they good? Well, I'm saying they're both. Uh, and okay. how I'm going to put that is like, so some of the armors say savages and warlike, and you know, all of a sudden they just suddenly vanished. My basic depiction of this is kind of like Chica and Yiga, how there's two sets. One worships Gandorf, and one worship good of Hyrule. So I think this ancient tribe had a side who worshipped Ganondorf and a side who worshipped, well, basically worshipped nature, like the boars, the dragons, the, uh, you know, Farosh and the goddess Hylia versus in the trailer for two, you see a lot of, like, pig head statues in the Zonai art mm-hmm. and red magic, which we've only really seen as malice but there's a lot of like zonai gadgets with red magic whereas there's a lot of zonai gadgets with green magic so i believe that there is a split at some point and i'm not going to go into the details of this end game why that matters but it does matter but what i'm gonna say is luminous stones i don't even think we ever mentioned them is like millions of stones crampled throughout hyrule in breath of the wild Crampled. Okay. Kind of look. I didn't know where crampled. That's that's the right word, right? That's real. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've never heard it, but I'll let it go. <laughs> Sounds All right. So there's these stones and crampled, right? <laughs> and the luminous stones are the same color as the magic that the zone I used. Where do we see this? You mentioned Lurelin Village. The relic, I guess you could call it there, was glowing this like greenish color, similar to Zonai magic in the second game. Uh, we've seen this before in Twi- Twilight Princess. A lot of the magic is green in that game. So my belief is that the good Zonai, which we will probably hear more about later, had green magic and either were wiped out by the red Zonai, transported to some other realm, or just completely killed off. But I also think the Luminous Stones, this is just my thought, might become like a magic system in the game, where you know you might have to replenish your magic with Luminous Stones or some other crazy thing like that. Ooh. Mm. And like kind of go back to the architecture of needing a magic meter, needing... because. Let's be honest, the Sheikah Slate's kind of overpowered <laughs> in terms of like a Zelda tool. So I believe if we're going to magic, we might have a magic meter. We might need luminous stones. That might be how they powered their magic in the first place. Um, and then back on to the Twilight, which I believe there's a few ongoing theories of this, but um, I think the Twilight, or not Twilight, what about Twilight? Twi? Something like that. 
Yeah, sure. I it's believe that they are the same, if not like almost similar race in Zelda universe. Where, or if not even the similar race, they're like the similar kind of stance where they were had this powerful magic and it wasn't appraised or liked throughout Hyrule, so they were just banished to the Twilight Realm, gone well, for good. And I think that's what happened to the Zonai's. They got banished, okay. Yeah, and I don't know. I, I have a lot that I could drop, but I can't because the end of the game hasn't been discussed yet. And it ties into the end of the game with this game. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Okay. Is, is any part of your theory that there was a, a wise group of uh, Zonai known as the Typhlo? <laughs> that might <laughs> have been blind, but also very wise. And then a uh, mysterious warlike group in the, you know, Faron region. That is well, yeah, I think there's... Faction. I think there's different factions of Zonai and quite possibly you know there could have been a dragon worshiping tribe and uh maybe a tribe that worshiped ganon and a boar yeah and so the like how you said you wanted to circle back to the boar statue yeah one of the one of the cool things that was pointed out um i think both in in the zeltic video and in the um the uh, zelda black crisis video um both of them kind of pointed out that the boar statues are are very rare um, there's like a, I mean, if you go to Faron, it's like dragons all day, every day. If you find Zonai ruins scattered about, most of them are dragons. Um, if you go to Typhlo, it's just, it's Owl City. There's owls everywhere. Um, but in you terms of boar heads, uh, there, there are not as many of them. And the ones that there are, uh, usually do not have a body. Like they're destroyed. They're usually sticking out of the ground. Um, they're in worse condition than any of the other statues, which um, gives the the feeling that uh, they may have been purposefully damaged or destroyed. Um, yeah. So if there was a, a group dedicated to the boar, um, it looks as though it's been like it is missing, like it is it is straight up been destroyed or is gone now. Um, so I think they were the ones that we might run into underground in the next game because in the trailer there's a ton of boar like ganon statues and boar statues but no dragon statues underground just pig and boar statues Mm. so i'm thinking there was separate zonai tribes and they had a fight and it did not end well for any of them do you think okay so this is going to be a little bit of a stretch but we have gotten lore in this game already. It's very, very short, kind of easy to miss, that uh, the evil power um, came up from underneath Hyrule Castle. Um, I mean, Hyrule Castle is where, I mean, this is kind of a spoiler. It's where the Calamity Ganon is located, even though we've definitely seen it at the castle. But yeah. but in the stories, it's even talked about how like this evil came straight up from underneath the castle. Um, one area that I want to talk to about eventually is nearby the castle, but not quite underneath it. Um, but there seems to be a lot of like hints already that if there is another piece of this mystery that we don't know in terms of the the history of everything and 
where the evil is emanating from, it seems like, I mean, uh, this is going to be a little bit of a stretch, but if you actually were <laughs> to draw a line from the Typhlo ruins to the Zonai ruins, you would go right past the east of Central High. Like, you'd go, like, right along the side of the castle, you know? Like, if you were to just draw a line. In fact, there's a river that follows it. The, um, the, the Hylia River, there you go, follows the line right in between the two. Also, there's a bottomless mm. swamp. I don't, you know, this is too much <laughs> now. Now I'm forming theories. <laughs> is the swamp really bottomless? What is that big head that's floating in what the swamp that? that has horns? <laughs> yeah, why, right. Why is there so much evil right there? Is that Warlord Dodongo over here? <laughs> are there are there big mm-hmm. zone I underneath it? <laughs> is, yeah. that, is that the real mystery? Did we just solve it? I don't know. Um. But no, there's a lot of like, there's there's already a lot of hints, I guess, that there would be something underground. I mean, that's part of why I think things are going to lift up in the next game as well. So um, we'll have to see how that plays out, what that actually means, if anything. Yeah. Um, But I think right now that's a little too heady, a little too deep for what we're trying to cover here. (laughs) Watch, it's like actually what comes to fruition and... We're the first people who talked about it. <laughs> Guys, it was the bottomless swamp the whole time. <laughs> a for no, a for no B for it out. <laughs> <laughs> That's the location that Link and Zelda went to in the trailer. They jumped in the pit. <laughs> in the wow. swamp. Hilarious. But yeah, that's, that's all I had for my theory is that Two sides of, you know, zone I mat, or maybe three, possibly because the Triforce, you know, there's three, so there could be three sides to the zone I, because well, I think yeah. in threes, and, um, you know, just listening back to like, uh, I remember in Twilight Princess, Midna says something to Zant about, like his old tribe's magic, and he's like. Oh please, I'm beyond that primitive warlike magic. And I'm like, wait a minute. Could this be? No, I'm just kidding. That's like drawing too far, but yeah, I definitely think (laughs) I definitely think there's like gonna be something to do. And there could even be blue magic in in Tears of the Kingdom that we haven't even seen because it's not in the trailers yet. We've only seen red and green, so there could potentially be a blue tribe that we have no clue about. Well, this is gonna be full of surprises, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna I'm go ahead and call it here. Uh, I'm gonna. I can this, finally eat my uncrustable. Edit this part out. You've been eating it the whole time, my guy. <laughs> no, I still have it. <laughs> I've seen you taking bites. Half of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, this has been our episode of A for No, B for Yes. Thank you so much for joining us. If you have a Zonai theory or a Zonai theory that you like that isn't necessarily yours, go ahead and uh, reach out to us. Share that with us. Uh, send us an email. Tweet at us. You know, we're on all those places. Uh, you'll be able to find our website. Link in the description has all the links to all of our different places uh, where you can reach out to us, including a contact form right there on the site. Uh, but also, if you want to help support the channel, uh, share us with a friend. You know, word of mouth is the best form of advertisement there is. Um, if you like the show and you you like it enough that you're willing to tell somebody else about it, 
they might just give it a try. <laughs> so if you could help us out that way, that'd be amazing. Uh, otherwise, you all have a good few weeks, and we'll catch you on the next episode of A for No, B for Yes. Peace out, bros. Yeah, and bros. In the words of the Zonai, did you get all that? No, you guys disappeared like a long time ago. Like, <laughs>